All right, everyone, welcome back to the Be Fit podcast. I'm your host, as always, Connor Murphy, here, blessed with the presence of Ruben Coronado. Ruben, black belt, first degree, Brazilian jiu jitsu, owner of South Boston Brazilian jiu jitsu, which is confusing because it's not in South Boston. It's technically in Financial District. By two blocks. By two blocks. But you know what? Ipso facto, he's running the show down there. A great friend of mine. Uh, we've worked together at Reebok CrossFit One. We've done a lot of stuff. I'm excited more so than me introducing him to actually hear, uh, to have him here and, and hear what he has to say and talk about his journey. Ruben, welcome. Um, first of all, let's talk about my jujitsu skills. <laughs> All right. Where do we want to start? Uh, I just just give it to me honestly. You, you have thirty seconds to talk. If you were going to describe my abilities in jujitsu to someone, three, two, one, go. The Hulk. Uh, wait, Chandler's like the Hulk. You are. Yeah, because he's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really strong. Okay. Well, your jujitsu when I first met you, non-existent, but. <laughs> okay. But now it's definitely progressed very well. Um, every now and then, the old Connor comes out and you just explode into stuff. But yeah, uh, definitely more technical now than when I first met you. That's good. That's good to know. That's good that I'm progressing. Absolutely. I wouldn't have given you a blue belt otherwise. Um, the first blue belt at yeah. South Boston Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And you were my first student because we started in my living room. And at Reebok, technically. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's lead into that. You started doing jujitsu classes at Reebok. You came to Reebok as an intern for CrossFit, wanting to learn more about CrossFit, but also wanting to learn more about the way that we operated Reebok CrossFit One, which is the uh, the HQ gym for the Reebok World Headquarters. For those of you who don't know, you started doing jujitsu classes there. Us not knowing. Eh, the detail of your black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Before we get there and move on to that side of the story, I want to talk about how it all started. What got you into Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Where were you? What was going on in your life? What led to the passion? Because they don't just give black belts out in that. And it's and it's if for anyone who goes to a jiu-jitsu class, I'm sure the percentage is, is less than one for people who attend a jiu-jitsu class who actually end up getting their black belt. So I want to hear about it. All right. Uh, that's a lot to pack in. Let's start the first one, which is how I got into it, right? Yeah. Um, so I used to live in San Diego, and uh, there was a guy named Brandon Vera, UFC fighter. At the time, he, I mean, he was amazing. I'm sure he's still amazing. Not that he's watching. And uh, he opened you never up, know. Yeah. He, he opened up a gym um, a couple miles from my house, and uh, I was like, man, I want to learn how to fight. I want to learn how to do MMA. You know, pretty much how most people started jiu-jitsu back then. And uh, I show up for my first class, and it was ground and pound day. <laughs> yeah, so that, that means it's jujitsu with striking. And they first pair me up with this kid my size, because I was like 14 at the time. And I whoop him. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in the UFC in no time. <laughs> Little did I know, <laughs> he was also new. So then the next round, the coach is like, hey, you, puts me with a girl. Um, she was a yellow belt. And I was like, <laughs> Really? This you, this girl, she put me in every form of pretzel possible while pounding me with her fists. <laughs> Let's clarify. 
and um, I hated it. I was like, oh my God, what is this? Is this, is, this is magic. Like she just beat me up. And um, I actually quit right after that. I was like, man, this is lame. This sucks. I don't want to do this. Until my mom was like, no, you're going back. But she took me somewhere cheaper because we couldn't afford it. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, I've been training jiu-jitsu. So one day I'm going to find her and I'm going <laughs> to ground and pound her back. Do you know her name? It was like Jasmine. Or, it was with a J. I know it was with a J. Um, but it's written down in a journal somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the revenge journal. Like Billy Madison. Just a hit <laughs> Puts the lipstick on after. Exactly. Okay. So there's more to a journey than starting in the black belt. Yep. Uh, any stories that stand out to you that could either inspire someone to start jujitsu or to talk to, to speak to someone who's doing it and needing to continue. And I think you can also take the step back from this lesson to say, Hey, this is, this is relevant in jujitsu, but probably also with everything that is worth doing in life. Any standout moments for you? Yeah. So really quickly, and this is going to lead to how I got to Boston was I wanted to be you know, the best. Okay. And I wanted to be better. And so I actually left the original gym that I started for what's called Otto San Diego. And now it's like the number one school in the world. But at the time they were amazing still, but not where they are now. I was like, man, I got to go there and learn from Andre Galvao. And the commute was like an hour there, an hour back. Um, and so I'd have to wake up at 6am to make the 7am. Right. And, um, I would do that every day. And, and that kind of was a, the starting point where I was like, man, if I want to get good at something, I have to put myself in an environment where those like-minded people are, which leads me to why I wanted to go to Reebok eventually. But before I got to Boston, I actually went to Texas. Um, I ended up getting an offer to go work for a, a gym owner there. Um, things happened. I fell through. And then there was kind of like a moment in my life where I was like, okay, well, what's next? I don't want to go back to San Diego. I want to continue learning and well, let me backtrack. I got into CrossFit at, while I was at Otto's, which leads me to always loving CrossFit. And I was like, well, what do I want to do? And I used to follow like Austin Maliolo and all of the Reebok CrossFit one people. And I was like, man, I want to reach out to them and um, learn from them unpaid, paid, whatever, whatever there is. And I find on the internet, the pumpkin smasher world record, Connor Murphy and Guinness world record holder. <laughs> yeah. And I reach out and we, you first email me and I'm like, man, I was just amazed you even responded. Cause like I am the worst with grammar. I mean, uh, my first language is Spanish. So my, my typing's even worse if my English is bad. Um, and he replied to me, then we set up a phone interview and, um, I was like, man, this guy sounds so cool. Little did I know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, then you invited me out for, um, for a in-person interview for like two days or something. And I was like, man, I'm just going to work really hard and hopefully they like me. And I didn't know if you liked me at first. And uh, I went home and then you emailed me a few days later. You're like, hey, if you want to come back. I was like, yes. And uh, that's how I got to Boston. Does that make sense? It, well, it makes sense to me for sure. <laughs> it's more so the viewers. So you can, you just look at the camera when yeah. you talk to viewers. Um, <clears throat> a little thing on that. And this is just something that I'll, I'll say to Ruben. Um, just so you guys kind of know a little bit more about how I feel about him and, and our experience from Reebok CrossFit one, because it doesn't, it wasn't just me with the internship. It's, it's our entire team. And Ruben worked so hard and was so genuine that we were all questioning if that's how he really was. It was like, 
yeah, like this is great, but for 48 hours, anyone can be amazing. And he had, once he came up to where we're like, he's incredibly nice. He's willing to learn. He doesn't have an ego. It's like he checks all the boxes. So when he came up from an internship, it was a matter of weeks, I would say, before us as a team were like, hey, we got to figure out how to pay this guy because we want to keep him here. You talk about just work ethic, um, willing to do tasks, does them before they needed to be done. It, you know, There's the autonomy piece of it. There was a lot of really, really unique things about Ruben. And it was interesting to have someone come from an area or, or willingness to work that hard for, for an unpaid internship. And, and we didn't really know much about the, the jujitsu piece of it. I know I'd heard, it's like, Oh, I've been a black belt in jujitsu. And, you know, I was like, I used to fight guys when I was in the Navy and blah, blah, blah. Like, <clears throat> like, you know, someone taught me how to choke someone out and I would do it as much as I could. Um, but then the pandemic hits. So there's no South Boston Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There's no, there, I mean, how often were you even practicing? I mean, th- that I wouldn't know of. How often were you actually training or even just rolling for fun during that time? Just a once a week class that I would teach at Reebok was about it before the pandemic, right? Well, even, I mean, that didn't start for a little bit. Was there any training like before you had started that class? No, I was fully into the job at Reebok and just giving my best there, um, Full eggs in one basket kind of guy. Yeah. You don't have to tell me twice. All right. So now I want to kind of pass the torch back off because during the pandemic, with the job role that you were in, everyone who is in a similar position, it was then like numbers cut. This is what we have to do. We had X amount of employees at the gym and we can no longer pay full-time, part-time employees. So from there... Take us through your thought process, your journey, as as funny, as dark as you want it to be. I want to hear about like the, the inside part about what was happening and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so that was a tough moment. Um, I was, well, first, you know, I cried a bunch. <laughs> I was depressed for a little while. Um, it, and I was just working out to kind of like clear my mind. I was praying every day. And uh, I called my my friend Joe, and of course I talked to my girlfriend Melly, who I love so much, she supports me. Shout out Melly! Um, and I was like, man, what now? Um, you know, life gave me this situation. What can I do? And I was like, well, I'm I'm, I'm a good coach. I can coach CrossFit and I can coach Jiu-Jitsu. And I was like, man, why don't I open up a Jiu-Jitsu gym? And I remember I texted you. I was like, Connor, what do you think about uh, a Jiu-Jitsu gym like at a garage or something? And you're like, a garage? Do the whole thing. And I was like, eh, I don't know. And then from there, I was like, Connor, you want to come over? And you're like, yeah. So we went to my living room and we were training jujitsu. And you're like trying to like throw me into the couch. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Connor, we, we got to teach you some real moves. I was like, maybe we should open up this gym. Um, anywho, so that's kind of what my thought process was like, okay, life handed me this situation. How can I best play the hand that I was dealt with? And I was like, okay, I'm going to make my own job opportunity because there was nothing else for me at the time. Every gym was closed. And um, I was like, okay, well, I'll just create my own place. So then we started actually running classes at the park. I would put on free classes at 7 a.m., Monday through Friday, sometimes the weekends. Where at? Uh, Moakley, Joe, no, no, no. Um, Medal of Honor Park, sorry. 
So in South Boston. In Southie. That's why the name South Boston. And uh, we actually were going to open like right down the street from there, but the landlord like backed out last second. And we were like, oh my God, what do we do? We just paid our lawyer this amount of money and yada, yada, yada. And um, we were like kind of about to give up. And then Melly one day, or like a couple of days later, finds a spot in the, the leather district. And she's like, you have to check out this amazing spot. And one side was big, one side was small. Um, I know it's very broad, but we were looking at the small side because that's what we could afford at the time. But the landlord was so cool and amazing. And, you know, it was a hard time for them, I'm guessing. And he's like, what if I gave you the big side for the price of the small side? Because we like you, we believe in you, and you, we think you can make this happen. I also don't think he knew what jiu-jitsu was. <laughs> during a pandemic because if i would have told him like hey you know we're all going to be like face to face no mask doing contact sport he probably wouldn't have leased us to place and uh, and you know so that was another um lucky thing that happened was we ended up getting a big spot and um yeah that's how we got the name south boston was from the park to there and because the landlord talk about the park okay yeah so all was fine and dandy during the summer um because it was warm, it was sunny, 7 a.m. was great. But I, want, I want full experience. This is someone who's, who doesn't know what the training happened in the park. Yeah. What did it look like? Okay, so I would wake up every morning like 5.30, 6 a.m., get a bunch of rollout mats, put them in the, the trunk of the car. Also, the rollout mats, that's thanks to Giancarlo Graziani. He uh, hooked me up with someone at Reebok. They're like, hey, we got all these extra mats we don't need. Do you want them? And I was like, absolutely. So shout out to them for helping me as well. Anyway, so I'd wake up, get to the park, roll the mats out, and uh, wait for people to come. People would show up. We'd get dressed. And, like, we were doing, like, physical contact in a time where, like, people were afraid to even look at each other. It was it was the weirdest thing. People would look at us like weirdos. Um, the only people that liked us were the dogs. Do you remember the dogs would always run up to us? Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what inspired me to get my own dog when he's down here. You, you don't see him right now. Um, yeah, so we would roll around in the park. Sometimes we'd get off the mats and we end up all muddy. Um, if it was raining, we'd still show up. Um, if it was, eventually it started snowing on us and we would, we were there every day and, uh, we were, we, I was hoping that we could get a building signed before the weather got extremely terrible, which eventually it did. But then like a week later we were inside. Um, the coolest thing about the park though, was the the weird people that walk by and just you know Southie people? No offense, Southie bros. They'd be like, put them in a choke or a, what like a like a D like all these WWE moves. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, hey, why don't you come show me? And then of course they don't show you. They just keep walking. <laughs> Do you remember those guys? Oh yeah. Oh, and it was like so even Sundays they'd all be hung over and they'd somehow they still have the energy to talk a bunch of mess. So, in the park, idea is to start a new gym in the midst of a pandemic to where uh, physical contact is banned. Yeah, banned yeah. People are like, you, you can't touch each other and you're, you're putting on professional hugging clinics. <laughs> so, so now you've, you've found the spot you and Melly and, and I hate the word lucky. I was actually talking with uh, Sarah white about this the other day because it's not luck. Luck didn't luck didn't get you your black belt. Luck didn't get you that space. Your work got you the black belt, your work in training, which how long did it take? Um, 12 to 14 years. 12 yeah. to 14 years of consistent jujitsu to get the black belt. The place didn't jump out at you. It's, it's, it's hard work. It's Melly. It's you guys looking for spots. I like to use the word fortunate, but when I hear someone say lucky, I think it, it discredits 
how much hard work you've put into it. Not that you did it on purpose, but just something to where to, I like to you know correct, even if it's you know the, the intention is in the right place. So I like that. That's a selfish thing for me. You find the space. Yeah. I, well. Okay. Then I guess our preparation because we we had done all the. The, the financial planning, the space scouting and, and laying the foundation. I guess when I say lucky, I mean the spot kind of found us when mm-hmm. I say we found the spot, luckily. Um, Cause we were in a scramble, like winter was approaching um, and we were in a scramble um, to find it. And that's, that's why I say lucky, but yes, definitely a lot of work and preparation, just like Reebok though. Um, um, my, my hard work and created the opportunity and just the perfect timing just happened to work out. So yeah, fortunate. I like that. But yeah, we found the spot. Um, you were also our first official member that paid us and signed up. Okay, so you've been you've been through it since we rolled out some mats at the park, rolling out mats in like corporate office, right? Do you remember all the tech equipment? Yeah. So uh, I hope my landlord doesn't listen. So when we first moved in, this company before us, they had a bunch of like 3D equipment, fancy stuff. They're like, please don't touch it. It's worth a lot of money. Um, they didn't want us doing jujitsu until they got all their stuff out. And you know me, uh, pushed it to the side, rolled out the mats. We started doing jujitsu. And uh, if, if they were coming or the landlord was coming, we'd roll them up and be like, oh, no, we're just painting, you know, doing all this, you know, doing all the foundation work. Um, and so eventually what it is now, like there was these stages, right? Like they got all their stuff out. We kept doing classes and we divided the room in half and we would work on one half while running classes on one half. Um, I don't know if you were there, but the fire department paid us a visit because uh, Melly set off the smoke alarms when we were building it off. And again, because co- uh, of COVID, um, jiu-jitsu was banned. And there was like eight or nine students at the time. And when the alarm went off, we all, <laughs> we all went out the boiler room and kind of like hid. And <laughs> everyone went home. It was a very scary time because we're like, man, um, what if we get in trouble for this? But... I guess I went on a tangent. I'm sorry. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's the details that matter because it is, it's a product that you're providing for people. And it's, it's not that there's, these people were unaware. It wasn't like, it was like, Hey, it's like, Hey, here's, here's the thing. There's, there's, you know, the, the mandates and all these things you're following. There's like the close contact stuff to be like, Hey, here's what it is. If this is a risk that you want to take under your own, like, you know, under your own guidelines, like, that's great. You know, no one's being forced to do this. It's it's freedom, right? That's that's yeah. something that we we like. That's a that's a good thing. So you have the spot. Now we're building out mats, and and I feel like that process happened so much of us being in one area, you guys working in the other area. Melly doing. Melly is is uh, she's a magician. Some of the stuff that and her dad. Her dad was yeah. so clutch. Um, I he flew out here like in two days, built the walls. Um, built the frames. He's a, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was a big part of helping us build it and teaching obviously Melly how to do all that stuff. Like, just like he said, she's a, a the carpenter wizard or whatever you'd call it. Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. And you know, she kind of let me focus on doing the stuff that I needed to do while she just works away yeah. <laughs> building stuff. And like, you'd show up one day, the gym looks different. You show up the next day, the gym looks different. She just has that attention to detail, which I'm not saying I don't have, but when it comes to building stuff, yes, I don't have it. So now we're we're in the space. Yep. Now you're 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 paying rent. We got to make this thing work. Without going too far into guidelines and setbacks on all of that and vaccine mandates and everything. What's what's an experience to where 
I guess maybe I'm, I'm more so like, like trying to like pry an answer out of you, but I'm, I'm guessing there was probably a time to where you had doubts. You're like, we have this space. We have people that, that I'm, I'm trying to teach this stuff. Like, what if it doesn't work? I want to hear about some of the times with doubt and how you got and convinced yourself to get out of it and to get to where you are now, which is, um, what I see is a bunch of people learning how to better themselves through jujitsu, through fitness, through, I mean, I see the people whose lives are changed on a daily basis, but let's talk about some of the the hard parts about running a business, about, about operating. Yeah. Uh, the most doubts were right before we signed the lease. Cause you know, lease agreement, a lot of money. It's very scary. And I was like, man, can I do this? I don't know. I had tons of doubts and, um, <laughs> Once you sign, you're like, oh boy, better make this happen. Um, and when this, as soon as we signed, I still had doubts, but I started approaching it very different. I'm sure like a real business expert's going to be like, this guy's an idiot. But I took it a day at a time. I um, I just showed up every day and I was like, okay, I just want to get one new student organically a month. And like most people are like, one sign up a month. Obviously, we got more than that, but my goal was just one day at a time give my best class today, uh, give, give them a, a time that they're going to love for one hour, two hours of their day. And they're going to tell someone else. And that person's going to tell someone else. So that was my thing was, okay, I just got to get to 10 members. Okay, cool. We're at 10. Now let's get to 15. All right, now let's get to 20. And then eventually we got to like, I think our, to, to meet the rent was like 30 something people. And we're like, the day we got that, I was like, oh yes, now I'll be happy. But then we get there and like, okay, then what? Like, I I always kept just thinking one student at a time, one student at a time. Um, and I'm sure like the financials projection people that are, if they're listening, they're like, what? You know, like that was my plan was just one day at a time and it, everything will work itself out. It's, I don't like to think long-term. Like when you ask me like, Hey, do you want to go hang out next week on Thursday at 7 PM? I get anxiety. I'm like, Oh man, I, I got to be in bed by this time. I got to go do this. And I, I think of all that. So I'm the kind of person who just lives one day at a time, like the fast and furious, right? Quarter mile at a time. That's it. Yeah. That's it's a matter of seconds. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I like to, to think and plan and live. Um, it's just, what can I do today to best set me up for tomorrow? And if I can do that every day, pretty soon I have a gym. <laughs> I think that's at the surface level, it's one day at a time, but being productive one day at a time, it's, it's that, it's that same mentality of 1% better every day. It's that same mentality of I'm going to set myself up best for tomorrow, which compounding is how you reach incredible things. Why most people fail at their goals is, well, I would say why most people don't start them is because it's this colossal accomplishment of if you were to say, hey, I'm going to start this gym, I need 150 members. Well, members seven to eight wouldn't really matter much. But when you when you have the right mentality to where maybe it doesn't look initially like a long-term plan, but if you still continue to do the same thing every day, create the habits, start to build, I mean, your your gym is one of my favorite places to go and that's not just because of the quality of instruction that you give. The people who now train under you, who who also coach at the gym, the the fitness equipment, the kind. It's but it's it's the entire environment, and 
and you've created this. This is not something that happened because you wanted to get to 150 members. Each one of those members that you worked for that one day at a time, you've created something incredible. And what has brought me back to jujitsu because I didn't like the MMA. I didn't like how everyone wanted to go in there and try to rip everyone's head off. I have a a job that I have to do. I can't just go in after getting smashed and injured every single time to where you have created something in Boston, in South Boston Leather District that just hasn't happened before and you created it during the absolute worst. If there's anything you suck at, it's timing. But obviously it worked out for you. So, you know, that one day at a time approach, it's not like you're afraid of the future. It's that you focus on what you can do now. I also think it's very hard to show up every day and be productive because it's easy to do it like the first few days but like being able to be consistent and perform every single day is really hard because it gets monotonous for some people just like diet just like weightlifting right like doing the boring stuff every day most people can do it for like a month but can you do it for like a year or two years and it's it's hard right there's days where i show up and i'm like oh do i really want to do xyz today and i'm like nope i I gotta do it right and i and i force myself to so yeah i guess yeah it makes sense the way you put it i mean that's just kind of how i see it from outside because i wasn't there every day as much as i'm you know there in support with you every day that you know it's not and i'm not there for the struggles i'm not there for the the tough times um you know james just recently said on a podcast and he's said to me before that quote uh, james hobart the good friend of both of ours huge supporter of ruben huge supporter of i mean good people everything yeah and uh and his whole thing about running a small business was like it, it was like riding a lion to where you know from an outsider perspective you see someone running a small business it's like seeing them ride a lion You're like oh my gosh like how cool is that that guy's riding a lion oh ruben started his own jujitsu gym he's got a bunch of he's got all this stuff and then from the perspective of the business owner, it's like, you know, you're sitting on top of a lion, be like, holy shit, I'm riding a lion. And, and, and that's kind of the, the side of it that people maybe don't see. People, people like to see the success. People like to go into the gym. You know, we had, well, there's like, like four drop-ins the other night. People are like, oh man, all these drop-ins, people coming in. It's like, yeah, but what about the day that you lost a member when you had oh. six and went down to five? Oh, or like during holidays or when college students leave, it's like 10, 15 students at a time. I'm like, oh my God, like it's, it's scary, especially in the beginning. Um, but one of the, not to make fun of someone, but Abdul, he's one of our students. One day he's like, um, why are you tired? All you do is teach. And I'm just like, Abdul, you think all I do is teach? Like people don't know, like, you know, running a gym, you're teaching classes, you're changing toilet paper, which... I, that wasn't on my business plan that I had to do. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's what I forgot. Um, you know, trashes and obviously admin stuff and emails all the time and, and still prioritizing your own workouts and your own fitness. And like, it's, it's nonstop. Like I'm answering emails seven days a week. Now I'm a lot better at weekends. I just turn it off. But in the beginning it was like all the time, 24 seven access and you don't really sleep. Um, and you're just, you're teaching and then you're doing all the other stuff, right? Cleaning, uh, upgrading facilities. But yeah, it's a, it's, it looks like you're riding a line. It looks amazing. And I'm not saying the other stuff isn't amazing, but it's definitely a lot of work goes into it, which I didn't even know. I thought, you know, yeah, that's the part of it, yeah. right? You're riding all your, I thought, fuck am I doing on <laughs> yeah. this line? Yeah. I'm figuring it out as I go. A lot mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, and just like you said, the losing members was 
probably the one thing I wasn't ready for um, mentally in the beginning. Because I used to work at a gym and like if one person canceled, the owner would make me like feel like I was a terrible person because one person lost. And um, now as a as an owner myself, I'm like, oh, man, it's natural. Like jujitsu is not going to be for everyone. Right. People are going to find their niche. And as long as they're doing something, I'm happy. And like when people leave now, I'm like, cool. Like I understand, like maybe I'm not for you. You're not for me. Um, I, I take it less personal now and I'm like, just, I just hope they go do something else that's productive. Right. But in the beginning, every member lost, I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing wrong? I'm terrible. I suck. And, and, and now it's like, Oh no, he's just got to find his own way kind of thing Mm -hmm. or her. And, and to now start to bring it back into the, uh, into the fitness side of things. I mean, especially mentioning Abdul one, because we're close and we like to like give each other crap, but He's down, what, 60 pounds? Yeah, so I first started teaching or teaching him at Bernardo Faria Academy in Bedford. And I first met him there. And just like he is now, he would, well, he, back then he would talk back even more. Like you'd tell him a move and he'd like give you a snarky reply. But he was like 250, 260 at the time. Um, and then he followed me when I opened up here. Um, and we prioritized his diet, his, his weightlifting and all that. And now he's 187 from like 240, 250 to 187. You see him and you don't even recognize him. I tell him his Tinder and Bumble game must be a one now. Like he's got all these cool pictures flexing (laughs) and all that. (laughs) He's fully invested for the wrong reasons. (laughs) No, he's, it was always great. And I always, yeah, he's great. He's loyal. Like the, I was just getting ready for the ADCC trials and he was missed maybe three sessions out of eight weeks of seven days a week. And even if it wasn't there to work out, he would just help me make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do every day. So I got to give a thanks to him for that. So let's, let's talk about that briefly. So on top of riding a lion, which is owning a private or a, 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 a small business, uh, Ruben also was training for and just competed in the ADCC, the, the West coast trials in Las Vegas. So hundreds of people in each of it, 130, how many people started? 250 something. 250 something in, in different divisions. Uh, single elimination bracket style tournament um, of jujitsu. So as opposed to just successfully running these business, and I, and I want to get back to what I, my point is to that, but you're training for the ADCC trial. So you are also training on top of coaching, on top of running the business because you're a psychopath or what was, what was your motivation behind that? Um, I like to lead by example. Um, and, uh, I wouldn't want to ask someone to do something I wouldn't do. And I, I hate competing to be honest. Oh, I, I, I get so much, um, negative thoughts and anxiety, which means I should do it. And that's kind of why I'd still do it now. Um, and I just, you know, once I get it over with, it's awesome. But yeah, I wanted to prepare for it. And if you know me, if I do anything, I'm hundred percent in, I, I don't like to half, can I cuss? Yeah. I don't like to half-ass anything. and I thought you were going to say you don't want to half-dick anything. I like that. No half-dicking. No half-dicking. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so uh, preparing for that while still teaching, um, doing strength and conditioning, all that stuff. Um, it was a great experience. Um, 256 people, biggest trials ever, and uh, made it to top 32. Um, I wanted, obviously, to win, uh, but it's like the, the March Madness, right? Like mm-hmm. anyone can lose. There was yeah. a, a lot of favorites, right? Like the East Coast trials, I lost first round to Cody Steele, who got third. And then this trials, he was out like second or third round. Um, so anything can happen. And so it's our job to just prepare as best we can, you know? And 
and why I almost wanted to set you up for that. And it's, it's interesting here because we're, you know, we're kind of having this podcast. It's a conversation. I'm trying to draw things out of Ruben, but as well as, as talk about the inspiration to others, to why the gym isn't successful because you have a product that no one else, it's not like, it's like, Hey guys, no one's heard of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, and this is where you do it. It's the care and passion that you put into the gym, but it goes back to the CrossFit thing too, to where there's a lot of successful CrossFit gyms for people who are very, very good competitors, because what do you have to be to be a good competitor or what do you have to do to be at the top of your sport? Well, it takes consistency, it takes selfishness, it takes dedication, it takes, and if you're, if you had five members of your gym and all you cared about was your training, I would say selfishness. But what it comes down to is that's, those are also selfless things to where I see the work that you're putting in and it makes me want to put in more work, not just by saying, Hey, do what I say. But you know, when I look at someone like, like a Ben Smith in CrossFit Krypton, it's like, well, yeah, there's probably going to be a bunch of stud athletes coming out of there because they see what Ben is doing day in and day out coaching, running a business, training his ass off. It's not a, it's not a two month thing to get fit. It's not a, Hey, you're going to train jujitsu for three months and then you're going to be good. It is a, you have to be dedicated to this every single day. And you see people like Abdul who, who are inspired. Abdul had been doing jujitsu before this and wasn't losing this much weight. But when you're able to, to give that to others, to show them, to lead by example, as opposed to just being this coach after practice to say, Hey, here's the things you need to be doing while not doing them. It's like your actions inspire equally to as much as what you give in in education and training and the entire atmosphere of your gym, I think I think hones around your care for attention to detail and consistency. That also I I stole a lot of that those um things from CrossFit, right? Like CrossFit gyms, you know, well, not all of them, but there's a good handful amount that are amazing and so perfectly ran. And the community vibe was, I thought was jujitsu was missing that same CrossFit vibe, like give people the best hour of their day, the whole Greg Glassman, how clean is your bathroom? And that's those principles and is what I wanted to bring over to jujitsu because I felt like that was missing. Like you go to jujitsu gym, like no one greets you. No one knows your name. Like I've heard countless stories of people going to jujitsu gym where the instructor doesn't know their name right? Like that's one of the things that I pride myself is I know everyone by first name, not last name, but first name, maybe a few. few. (laughs) Um, and I know everyone by name and I wanted to make it a place that reminded me of a CrossFit gym while being a jujitsu Academy, because I just, I just love the vibes when you walk into, you know, Denise's classes, your classes, and you just know everyone like, Hey, what's up, man? Come on in. Ruben, how you doing? Right. Like not getting mad when a student's late, right? Like in jujitsu gyms, like if you're late, you're like, got to wait by the side of the mat it's for the professor to let you in. Like, bro, I pay you. <laughs> I, t- I should tell you when I can come in and go like, why am I waiting for you to allow me to get on the mat? So I didn't like some of that culture stuff. So I wanted to make it as casual as possible while still having fun and learning and just make it as informal. And I think that brings out everyone in a natural state where they can be themselves, do whatever they want, say whatever they want. If they want to compete, they're going to train hard. If they want to just not even spar and just drill, like I'm totally fine. Like I kind of give people the the guide and then how they read it is up to them. Like if you want to do this, do this. If you want to do this, do that. I just provide the, the, the foundation and groundwork and, um, yeah, that's that's kind of why I think what makes us different is 
the laid backness, right? It's like Cali vibe. You know, you've been to California. It's oh yeah. Way different than Boston. When I first moved to Boston, I was like, Hey, good morning. How you doing? What do you want? I was like, coffee, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I came here for. Yeah. Preferably. Yeah. No one makes small talk. And like, you know, at, at our gym, we, we all stay after class and we hang out, we talk, we chat, you know, talk politics. Sometimes we, we go all topics. <laughs> um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's what I think is a differentiator. All of the stuff that we said creates that type of culture to where people want to be there. There, there have been times where I've gone and I wasn't going to train or roll, but just to like hang, hang out. out yeah, there. yeah. Yeah. And that, again, that's what we wanted, right? We wanted a place where people could just hang out, be themselves. And, um, I, I call it a safe space. Like you could say whatever you want and not be in trouble. We all, we all will respect you with whatever you like, believe anything. And that's, that's kind of what we live by is just come be yourself and we'll accept you no matter what. And I mean, people of all ages, well, 18 and up. <laughs> well, okay. Adults only can come. It's like an adult club. <laughs> I was more so speaking to like the Bubba trains. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's 93. No, 92. No, 57 or 58 now. 58. Yeah. I think. And 58 he comes two, three times a week, morning class. You know, even when he's injured, he comes watches class. Like it's super inspiring. And that's again, something that I wanted to instill on people is like, even though you're injured, you could still do something, which I stole from CrossFit, right? Scaling. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu gyms don't do that. They don't, they don't scale people appropriately. And that's kind of what I wanted to also steal from them. It's a, it's a growth culture as opposed to, you know, this will be for the Jiu-Jitsu fanatics back there to where, you know, a decade ago, I mean, two decades, I mean, some gyms still, if you call out the instructor to be like, hey, do you want to roll? It was like, no. you're getting, you're getting worked. <laughs> You are getting a couple extra seconds after you tap. You're getting, I mean, and and now to where, you know, it's like you can allow, there's, there's not as much ego. No, you can call out higher belts nowadays, right? I don't care. Like people ask me like, can a white belt ask a brown belt? I'm like, sure, just be ready for whatever they bring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go ahead. And I think the culture in, in your gym is, is that to where there's not that fear. I mean, granted, there's some brown belts and, and, and blue belts and purple belts that will, you know, will lay it on you. But it's also to where it's like for those, it's, it's okay to let a white belt get into a bad position yeah. on you. Um, they do really, we all do a really good job of matching people's intensity, right? Like if you're going hard, well, I guess I'm going hard today. If you're going slow, then we'll take it easy today. Yeah. You're really great at taking it easy, right? I think I'm getting better at it. Yeah. That's why I said you're really good at it until it's you and Dean. <laughs> running into walls <laughs> i love i love really he's so strong and and just like technical every yeah. time i'm there he's there um yeah. really really enjoy rolling with him and i've that's something that's happened from me at at your facility is that i'm okay now for some people you know letting them get into positions i'm never gonna let you know pete. for live training oh pete i mean pete's tap me but from like you know from a certain perspective you go a little bit harder and some people you let him get into the positions and yeah. and, and submit but I mean, that I think helps other people too, to where you don't just come into the gym and you're like, oh, if I suck, I suck. Yeah. Uh, it, it helps, it helps people be vulnerable too, right? Like putting yourself in that position where I'm trusting you with my life, right? Like if I let you take my back and strangle me, I'm trusting that you're going to let go. Like there's a lot of vulnerability and, and trust that you build with your partners, which I also think contributes to why people are so happy when they do jujitsu. I'm going to kind of bring this full circle into something that I've been thinking of a lot lately. And it came from a post uh, 
from a great friend of mine that I went through high school with his fiance. She did a long range shooting tournament and conditions were rough. Didn't have the best gear was the least experienced person in there finished last place in it. But I think so frequently she made a really, really cool post. Um, her name is Taylor. And the post was like, I fucking put myself out there. And so many people are so afraid to do that. And that's not growth culture. That's a, that's a negative. That's a toxic thing to not want to do something because you're exposed. And I see it in every aspect. I see it in my training. I see it in, in the jobs that we work in. And, you know, you look back to someone that you have brought up and we talk about Waverly to where it's like, she's going to throw herself out there in this tournament. And if she finishes first or last, damn, she is proud of her effort. And it, it goes to that quote, like that, that man in the arena. It's like, she's willing to sit there, get last place and have people be like, you finished last while I sit here not doing anything that I'm not good at and, and just being like that, that misery, like the fact that you're getting people to, to start something that they suck at. If you start jujitsu, unless you're Chandler Smith, who's you know all American wrestler, you're going to suck and that's okay. And I encourage people to do things that you're going to suck at and then get good at them because it's way better than doing something that you're already good at and then just continuing to move on. It's like people are so afraid to look bad. It's scary. I mean, just like you said, putting yourself out there is the scariest. I struggle internally all the time with like, why am I doing this again? Like, you know, the thought of losing. But at the end of the day, no one even cares when you lose. Like, oh, cool. I still love you. You're still my my instructor. I love you no matter what. And I was like, oh, cool, man. Thanks. You know, it's 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 terrifying to put yourself out there. But once you do it, so much growth happens. And you're like, wow, I'm so glad I did this. Yeah, me saying that is also like the pot calling the kettle black because that's definitely something for me. It's like, I don't want to be bad at something. I don't want to put a class on the schedule and no one signs up for it. It's embarrassing. It's scary. Right? And I tell other instructors that come in for big night fitness to be like, I don't care if anyone shows up. I don't care if you have one person and you deliver the best product that you have to give them and they leave out here floating. That's all I care about. And yet I still have that internal fear being like, oh, I've, you know, I've coached professional athletes. I've coached celebrities. I've done all this. And it's like, but yet I'm still not willing to do certain things because I'm afraid to look bad. It's like shit. I mean, that was all. of like having that come out of me was like, man, I like, you got to call yourself out on some things. And, um, just, I mean, it's cool too, to see you as a black belt, as, as the top level be able to put yourself out there in front of, and that's pretty much everyone. I mean, there's some people from other gyms or some higher belts and people, but for all the new people, like that's all we know. And for you to put yourself out there in a situation that you're most likely not going to win the odds of, of, of everything in there. But when, you know, when I see even like day one, if you would have, if you would have gone out in your first round, it's like, man, he's putting himself out there. And I know he, how good he is because I roll with him and I've got nothing for him. I've maybe passed his guard once when he wasn't letting me, Maybe allegedly, I remember it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. You're probably right. Yeah, in the I mean, it sounds like a jerk thing, but in the training room, I don't think I get my guard passed unless I let someone. Yeah, unless it's Chandler. Well, that's different. <laughs> he's, just he's, he's passed me like three times, and those three times hurt every time. And I'm like, God dang it! Because <laughs> it's not like he did jujitsu to pass. He just. Did his wizardry pass. stronger than all of us combined? <laughs> yeah, um, but 
uh, you know, like bringing it back to that is, and then seeing day one, like Ruben wins first match, Ruben wins second match. You're just like, you're so proud. And there's nothing from my perspective to you, even though I feel the same way competing at the CrossFit games, I was like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I'm so nervous before this event. I'm so nervous to look bad or to have this hurt. And you know, if an event was in my favor, it was a little easier, but the events that I knew it's like, you just get so nervous, but seeing you do that and I would have thought the exact same thing if you would have won as if you would have gotten out the first round and just seeing that you go out there, do your thing and have success doing it was incredibly inspiring um, for me. And I know for everyone else, if you're yeah. members of the gym. Yeah. Um, just like you said, you write those thoughts and I had you texting me throughout the weekend. James Hobart, he texted me some really encouraging stuff. Like as humans, like we all tend to, think like the worst things only like oh i can lose x amount of time i feel like dr strange before a match i'm like here's all the ways that i can lose and i think of all of them and he's like well why don't you start thinking about the ways you can win i was like huh (laughs) right and just that little mindset perspective goes such a long way right i I feel like most of us are hardwired to think the worst right the survival instinct that we have but having that shift in perspective like okay well here's what can go right can make a big difference, right? Like when people start fitness diets, they're like, well, here's how I'm going to fail. Well, yeah, if you're thinking that way, of course you're going to fail. But if you're like, well, no, this is how I'm going to succeed. And not that you'll guarantee success, but right. You don't guarantee success either way, but why not at least be positive about it and hope for the best? I believe Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're You're right. right. Um, Yeah. Um, Well, bringing it back to what you're doing and to kind of, um, talk to everyone else. So Ruben's gym, South Boston, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. The address is one Oh seven South street unit BB. Um, there's a doorbell between noble and Troquet. Okay. Not the alley, the right between the restaurant and noble. All um, are welcome. If you've never done jujitsu, I suggest you try. If you've done it before and you have a bad taste in your mouth, even more so, I suggest you head down there. Um, trial class, hop in if you don't have a gi and it's a gi class we've got we got you we got you covered yeah gi's available and the reason why i say that and i'll, I'll kind of toot your horn here is um ruben has been an inspiration on my life before jujitsu had happened how hard he's willing to work the the care and concern that you give to not only me but every one of your members if I say I'm going to show up one day and, and you know, I have a meeting or something happens and I don't show up, like I'm getting a message about that. And there's time. I mean, like this morning when I woke up, it was like, oh, I didn't go to bed till midnight last night. I had so many like good thoughts on my head, but my mind was just racing. And it was like, oh, maybe I'll just go. And I'm like, no, he's going to message you at 701. Like, just get your ass up and go down there. But people get really worried about me texting them. Why didn't you come to class? <laughs> like I'm this big, scary guy, but I just, I just love seeing you guys. And if you tell me that you're going to do go to a class, I want to make sure that I'm holding you guys accountable. If you don't tell me you're going to come, then I'm just like, okay, whatever. But sorry if I, I'm scary when it comes to that. Don't be sorry. It's accountability. And it's, um, it's been a pleasure to watch you grow and to see this business become successful. I mean, it's, it, in my opinion, it's been successful from the very start. You're getting people to one physically move two, you have the knowledge, uh, for, for nutrition and helping people out with their overall fitness. There's a full training facility in there with anything and everything that, that you want to do. And, and I think that you're doing a huge thing in the community. You're bringing a lot of attention around something that 
sometimes gets this like, you know, like the combat fighting MMA vibe to where you can go in there and learn and gain some confidence. Some of the women that, that train in there, it's, it's so cool to see like, you know, this, the personality changes and the shifts when you start to get some confident about what your own body can do. And, um, I just want to say, I just want to say thank you. And if there's a, a chance that you guys get to go down there, email them, um, on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Contact Instagram always works. I'm really good at that. What is your Instagram? South Boston BJJ or email info at South Boston BJJ. I know you're busy. You got back yesterday. Yeah. Red eye got back yesterday, immediately working out back in the gym training. Um, you're an inspiration and from everything we've been through together and that, I just want to say thank you. And thank you to everyone that you've helped along the way. And now hopefully inspire to chase and pursue excellence. Yeah. I mean, thanks for having me. Big night. Um, maybe we can do a jujitsu event someday on the, the bright lights. I thought about that. Oh, we got some stuff coming up. Cool. Um, any comments, uh, drop them in the comment box. Usually people on YouTube are really nice. Um, <laughs> you but. should see my, my, uh, my likes percentage on my South Boston YouTube channel. Like there's like really good likes and then like Gordon Ryan one, like 90 something percent like, and like random people that had never even watched or heard of anything, just dislike in the comments. I'm like, dude, what is up with people? Sheesh. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest. He kind of brings it on himself. No, he's an angel as being obviously the best grappler in the world. Yeah, but why my YouTube channel? Go to his. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're on his. Um, another great thing is, you know, filling out seminars, doing stuff for your gym. He's always doing stuff. So uh, if you check him out and it's from this podcast, um, let him know or don't. It doesn't really matter. He'll take care of you the same. No Use what. code Big Night and I'll hook you up with a free gi if you sign up, if you watch the podcast. Doesn't and you're new. And you're new. Doesn't everyone get a free gi when you sign up? <laughs> Connor's fired. Okay. Well, you, well, you get a free belt with your gi. Yeah, there we go. Well, for he, Big Night. For Code Big Night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Again, thanks, Ruben. Ashi, want to say hi? Ashi. Go, go. Pick up. Oh, that's good. Okay, go. Okay, <laughs> go.